Today's show is sponsored by MeUndies. August is National Underwear Month, so from now to August 31st, you can get 20% off your first pair plus free shipping by going to MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. That's MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Joey, I'm going to mix it up and kick a beat for you today. I'd like to say to everyone today that Jesus Christ, he's the only way. He's the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. He's the Son of God, and he's my best friend. Jesus is the cure that I have found, and he plants my feet on solid ground. Solid when ground. I take one step, he'll take two, because the Holy Spirit guides everything I do. Do! Okay, do. <laughs> yeah, boy! Where does that come wow. to us, Joey? Courtesy of what? Your brain or some weird rhyme from your childhood? Or uh, No, that that was like one of the first Christian rappers of all time named Stephen Wiley. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most <laughs> easiest stuff ever. Do you but, remember hey, that it, in the it, 80s when rap became a thing and then you'd hear just, you know, people do it like they do the simplest rap thing for a commercial or like a teacher would do one you know like when rap yeah. was first like yeah. it was a cool thing and you make a goofy yeah. rhyme and you make it chime and you say it. it's just right. what I would do <laughs> you know what you know what that song makes me want to celebrate you know what we should celebrate what Matt's birthday oh come on it's not my birthday <laughs> almost that's a horn sound for you. Your birthday's tomorrow, isn't it? No, uh, no it's the 28th, but coming up soon. Dang it. This is that the is last hilarious. podcast before my, I don't know. Maybe my birthday's... What's the 28th? I thought it was the my, 28th. That's in four days. Oh, that'll be when we record my, again. You Monday. blew it. Well, damn it. Uh, this is how much I don't know y'all's birthdays. Good. I set a reminder for today for tomorrow's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored. All right. I appreciate All right, it. I, you'll... I will uh, remind everyone next time we record that it will be your birthday. Yeah, you're going to be what? 42? 38. 38. I thought you'd called up and passed me. Shite. 38. Hey, speaking of celebrations, cool things, I want to get it out there real quick. I am doing True Man Texas, and it's going to be awesome. Men, hit me up. It is on the September 8th, 9th, and 10th in San Antonio, Dallas, and Tech, uh, Dallas and Houston. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're kind of stuck where you're at in your life or uh, the future you know, seems possibly disappointing, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to create a safe space uh, in, a, in a living room, and we're going to have some real conversation. Men, hit me up. Toby Bad Christian at gmail.com. It's the true man experience. It's really awesome. I've done several of these now, and each one gets better and better and better. And uh, I just love it. So, uh, yeah, if you're. I would think of it as just having beers and hanging out with Toby. If that sounds good to you, you know, the other stuff too. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, man. <laughs> I mean, it's good. I mean, I just. Yeah. I think, I hope people just, get that. Like, it's, it's this thing where. You'll get a, I mean, you're going to grill out and stuff like that, right? You yeah, we grill out. We hang out for a while and talk, get to know each other. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I, I try to make it. What I've learned is if you can get guys hanging out, drinking a beer, mm-hmm. eating some food, they feel relaxed, and then you can get, have some really honest conversation about masculinity, I mean, the test, faith, the test, The testimonials are unbelievable. Like, I'll read one right now. It says, <laughs> erectile dysfunction was a part of my life for 10 years, and coming out of true man experience, now I'm... I'm having sex with my wife every day. Thank you, Toby Morrell. That's yeah. just one. I know. And That's they're all one. like that. Everyone does, every true man has increased every married guy's sex life tenfold. And yeah. it's made not people who haven't gotten married yet stop having sex for the Lord. So yeah, just, just so you know. Yeah. 
It, well, All it's right. obvious that God's hand is working through it. So Toby, God is everywhere in true man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even though we, you know, that's only a small component of it. Actually, uh, hey, the other thing too is the following week after the eighth, ninth, and tenth when I do true man, Emory is coming to Texas, and we're going to be playing uh, San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston, and New Orleans, Little Rock, Arkansas, and Memphis. Tennessee. It's going to be really good. So make sure that you come see Emory. This is kind of like our fan appreciation shows. Uh, it's going to be really great. Devin's back. The shows have been awesome so far doing this, and we're just playing all kinds of music that a lot of it we've never played live except for on this tour. So we're super excited about it. I, th- this is my favorite set that we've played in Emory in several years. I mean, hey, it just can, really can is. you guys stop promoting your band on the podcast? I think uh, your audience is way wider than that. Well, look, ticket sales are up. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you want me to do? Stop what's working, okay? Those you know? those comments just blow my mind. Like, we're really going to listen. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you're right. We, we need to stop doing that. They need to stop talking about Emory. I just, yeah. look, don't here, tell gosh. people about stuff you do. I will draw the line at <laughs> once uh, we start promoting our wives selling essential oils. At that point, <laughs> that point we can draw a line when our wives get into a pyramid scheme and, we'll, and sell whatever it is, makeup or whatever, Tupperware. Then, then, then you can call us out on it. But my band is good, and you like it, and you'll come see the concert, and everybody wins on that's that. That's true. That's different. Yeah, <laughs> you're not kidding. Okay. Hey, here's like a uh, here's like a, a a free ad for one of our favorite sponsors. I had to get a lift to my house today because I had to drop the car off, and Priscilla was super busy with the other car. And this guy's from New York, super old guy, just awesome driver, oh, just so nice. And listen to what he said. He's just like, yeah, I moved, I moved to Charleston 20 years ago. He said, my plan was to play golf and fish until my heart's content. He said, then I got, bo- then I got bored, and now I found Lyft. He said, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is the most fun I've ever had in my whole that's life. Great. He said, driving for Lyft is the most fun and he's ever had no in his ad, whole but entire It sounds life. like we're stacking up a bunch of ads, and so let me move us into no, something we're not. different. I just thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a beautiful yeah. thing that he said. Well, we, we'll do an ad in a second, but I want to talk about something else that we've released while we're in the middle of talking about shit that we do and put out. Uh, and that is really fun. If anybody saw it a while back, I don't know, it's probably six months ago now, we made, we made fun, we were making fun of Christian music, which we do all the time, <laughs> and Toby said he thought he could write a song next week and bring it back and it would be good as any Christian hit song or whatever. We said, okay. So Toby came back next week and did three of them and did them on the podcast. I don't remember what episode that was, but he claims to have written them in, in half an hour, an hour, or done three of I them did. in an hour. Um, not that I doubt your claim. I'm just saying that it is a claim. Allegedly. I'll, you know. I'll um, find that episode if anybody Yeah, find the episode yes. number, but... And and so we it was so I thought the songs were so good and it got such a funny reaction and everybody does believe that Toby can do that stuff so Toby said well what what if I recorded it for real and he asked he said can we spend some money can we get somebody to record I said yeah so we got Chris Keen that plays guitar in Emory and had him make the tracks and then Toby go back and sing it for real so we actually made a real song and Toby put it on iTunes so it's on iTunes as just under Toby Morrell what do we do there. 
Yep, Toby Morrell. So it's and under the song's Toby called Forever Rain, R-A-I-N. And the song is called Forever Rain, and it's on iTunes now. <laughs> now, Toby just put it online yesterday, or this morning, or last night, or something. Yeah, came out this morning. And I don't know whatever you promoted on, just your personal and a couple other places, and it's already yeah. over number 50 on the Christian charts right now. <laughs> and that's before this podcast, which is where everybody is going to find out about it. So I watch this. It's going to go high in the charts. I'm not claiming we'll get a number one or anything, but if it's at 50 already, you know, how how, how hard could it be to have Toby write a parody Christian song and get it to the in the top of the charts? I, I'm sure we can get to top 10 in the next two days just from this podcast if some people will go. I mean, what is it, 99 cents for the song? Yeah, it's so, just 99 cents. Yeah, I'm just, I don't care if anybody streams it or whatever, but it's just a dollar, so it's not to make money. Uh, I don't think it'll make it, the money back or anything, but just throw a dollar at it just, and leave a comment or review on iTunes and uh, just for the sake of seeing if we can prove as a social experiment that we can get to the top of the charts, and who knows, maybe a top five or a top three or top one is actually I possible. I believe that it is. What? Hey, if If... Okay, I think we're live now on Stave Saker's page. Stave Saker fans, if you don't know who we are, we're the Bad Christian Podcast, and uh, Mark Solomon will be on just in a few minutes. We're running behind schedule as usual. But anyway, we're going to talk about this Christian song that Toby wrote that is a parody. And if we can, right here in the video and in the audio feed, I want to – Toby made a video for this thing too. So we spent three or $400 on producing the song and making this video. So it's just a – you know, just a – And real real quick – Real quick for potentially new listeners that um, want to go back and hear how all this was birthed, Toby accepts the challenge in episode 264, and then he plays uh, the songs for the first time on 265. All right. Yeah, and part of this is I want everybody to understand, I wrote this song just to prove that like we Christian music is supposed to be about our God. And the creator of all, the you know our, our Lord and Savior, and I'm able to follow a couple of things that happens within Christian music and write a song in 30 minutes and it would be just the most unbelievable thing if I did it and it became number one on iTunes like that would just be so amazing (laughs) right right yeah and and wait till you see the video the video was done by a good friend he's the BC club member Luke Yates he is phenomenal and uh, he filmed the whole thing edited it really really made this video amazing and it just it just shows you how much rain is in our life, but that God can pull you through it. So we'll, we'll play the video here. <laughs> but before, but yeah, before just, we do that, stop by iTunes. Yeah, before we're going to roll that video. Before that, I do have to take a second and tell you about one of our awesome sponsors. Probably my favorite one. That's MeUndies. You want to look good in your underwear and be comfortable, right? I know I do. But that perfect balance is hard to find. You don't want to sacrifice style or comfort, so that's why you're going to check out MeUndies.com to find the best pair of underwear in the world. Now, let's just start with the comfort angle because that's the most important one to me, at least. And that is MeUndies will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you will ever own. They're made from a sustainably sourced, natural soft fabric that is three times softer than cotton, which is probably what you're wearing right now. So I just want you to picture this. How do you think you'd feel if your underwear suddenly, like this, was now three times more comfortable? I promise you'd notice it, and you would be a one happy person. So it's the ultimate feel-good undies for when you want to feel naked, but you know, not be naked. Right now, Me Undies has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get twenty percent off your first pair and 
free shipping. And MeUndies is so sure you'll love the underwear, they'll even offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You order a pair, and if you don't love them, you get a full refund. So this is a no-brainer to try. 20% off, free shipping, 100% satisfaction guarantee. What are you waiting for? To get your 20% off and free shipping and the 100% satisfaction guarantee and get the best and softest underwear you will ever own go to meundies.com slash bad christian that's meundies.com slash bad christian this is a limited time offer so what are you waiting for start wearing the best underwear of your life it changed my life it's time to let meundies change yours go to meundies.com slash bad christian right now okay so reva is gonna roll this song once again i'm asking you to go to itunes and download it throw a dollar at it for the social experiment and it's uh, called Forever Rain by Toby Morrell. And here's just the world video premiere. Here we go. Kick it, Reba. Yeah.
Good work. <laughs> Joey, something happened to your webcam, by the way, but good work there, Toby. <laughs> that video Thank is you. hilarious. I'm glad people get to see you, your physical. Uh, that's the thing. We do all this stuff in audio, music's audio, but your physical delivery stuff makes it very funny. Well, I do appreciate it. That's uh, hey, Yeah, you you guys educate me. So how does, how does iTunes work as far as, Toby, how much money do you get from each 99 cents that people buy i imagine we'll collect about no 70 idea. about 70 cents or it'll be a little less than that but something like that itunes takes i'd say like 69 69 69 is a good guess yeah and gotcha. i'm hoping to get four dollars and 20 cents total total right. <laughs> that actually seems like the best place to buy music if you want to support the artist yeah but nobody buys buying music like i mean you can stream or, yeah they don't yeah, yeah the only but, reason to buy it, it is so that just just throw your 99 cents at it. it's not to collect right. the money it's just to see if we can see how hard we right. can chart so leave a review it, helps too that's all yeah i yeah. i mean the money thing just makes it more legit to people outside yeah. of it like oh man that song hit number one or or is in the top 10 or whatever it might be and so it's called forever rain r-a-i-n and what's funny about that is hillsong has a huge hit called forever rain r-e-i-g-n like rain a yeah. king's rain and so uh, i named it that and so we'll see what happens i'm i love the way chris made the song sound i love it and maybe i'll do more if people like this and i can do more and more videos uh the it the dollars that you pay for the you know this song will go to making more videos and more of these songs yeah. if you like if it, it and want to yeah, say we so. give it money away for something i mean i don't think it's it's not about the money on that but if yeah if people all right we're, we're, no we're not getting yeah, rich on this nothing to that not, but not not even trying to um now now I think it's funny that people. I've gotten this message, and I feel this way about it. It's like it's you're kind of conditioned to hear that music and not be able to separate it or hear it as parody, and uh, yeah, and you did it right in the pocket, so it's not obnoxious. So what I imagine we're gonna see, and for a fact, I know we're gonna see it, but I want I would actively like to hear about it if people will actually take the song and do it in church. And I guarantee you, there'll be a ton of people that go do it in church and will be complimented on it and told how good it was, and that was a great song. So you should make the chord chart or something and put it out there. But yeah, that'd make, be a good make, idea. <laughs> do the song at your church, and it's, it's not making fun. Like, it's not, I don't think of a sacrilegious, it's parody of, of a right. style and a genre. But, um, so I would be totally hey. okay with playing it in a church and not explaining to people anything about it. Just put it in one of your worship services. I'd love to see some iPhone videos of people doing this legit in church and hearing about that experience. That would be a really fun part of the social yeah. experiment for me. One one of the funniest parts that I've seen is uh, a lot of the a lot of the folks in the BC club uh, are writing uh, reviews of it and it is hilarious. They're making you know how like uh, a lot of Christian songs are a little uncomfortably sexual or there's something yeah. like intimate and sexual like in there. Let me, on stuff, yeah. <laughs> let me just read one of the reviews already. Go and put a review on, give me five stars, bust this thing up. But this is one of the reviews for Forever Rain. 
Sometimes you hear a song that speaks to something deep inside of you. When I hear this music, my heart starts to race and I feel this burning desire for God. I can't help but fall onto the floor in desperation to be filled with him. His love is tender yet firm. It stretches me, penetrates me, and beckons me <laughs> to fully surrender my deepest parts. <laughs> And there's more and more getting on there. So yeah, go there, check it out, Forever Rain. Check out the video. We'll have it up on our YouTube page. On the, I'll put it up on the Badass YouTube and the Bad Christian YouTube. And uh, yeah, and I, I'm just really excited about this song just because it turned out so well. Chris did such a good job, and it is. It, it's it's a. This sounds funny, and I told Matt this, and I think Matt, you agree, Joey. I don't know if you do or not. So tell me what you think. This feels like I created art. Like this isn't just a Christian song, and don't like oh, yeah. I did something. It, it is parody, and it is a little bit of like a sarcasm, but it's in your face. Like I created mm-hmm. something to push push against what I think is. What are we doing with our music that yeah, worships absolutely. God? Like I what what are we doing? And so yeah. that that's why I'm actually really proud of this song. It's an not, art form, not that's because different. it's the best music, but just what it is. Yeah, it's not strict art in the sense of it is a Christian song and artist. I mean, it is that. It is the sense that it's actual art in that song, but that is less the case. It's almost like a computer eventually will be able to make art that follows the parameters and rules is what, right. what you've done. But the art of it is like the meta part of it where you're, the parody in itself is, is the real It's like Weird, Weird Al does art. I mean, he's an artist. Right. Like and He's yeah. doing something. It's social and cultural commentary using a vehicle of song. So. It's so it's so complicated too because there we've heard a lot of comments from people saying, "Man, I really love this song. We're going to play it at our church." Yeah, that complexity <laughs> no, you know? and confusion is, is just is so what, cool. Is where art that's lies so to cool. me. I think that's Joey, what per- hey, Joey, what hey, percentage guys. chance will it be played at Seacoast, the church you work at? Uh, probably not a whole lot. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, we we don't typically do this all that much, but I just got a text and. Uh, there is a active shooter downtown Charleston, and uh, he's held up a whole restaurant. Well, yeah, you know, for, Virginia's this is on for real, King Street. I imagine. You're not. You're not joking. No, I'm it's not really, joking. You know, it's really uh, hard with you to know if this is some weird joke. I know. Or not. I know. Yeah. Our, our children's director, her daughter, uh, goes to College of Charleston, and so obviously Jennifer's a little worried. But there's an active shooter that walked in the restaurant and basically told everybody he's the oh, king God. of Charleston. One person's dead. There's hostages. Oh, no. It's my voice is quivering a little bit. It's kind of scary. Well, you got enough detail to make me believe you're not joking. Uh, I'd like to cut the uh, tension here with a joke. I ain't got one, but yeah, thanks for the update. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that worked. <laughs> um, wow. Well, Lord, we pray you protect those yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what you want to do? Hey, I, well, I know. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for. We don't normally do that because it's horrible for a podcast. It's like the worst thing you could do is we're talking about this song and art and all this stuff and parody and fun and all this stuff. Joey goes, "Well, people are dead." It's just it's exactly like my wife. Like I talked a few weeks ago, Joey is so similar sometimes to my wife. He's going to tell you the worst possible thing. I was just like, "Hey, you know what? My song is pretty cool. I'm excited about it." You know that people are being held at gunpoint. And one's already dead. <laughs> like, it's unreal. Hey, I'm not. I'm totally not disagreeing. Remember when you when you made that observation about all of our wives? I said, and Joey. And Joey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, I know what'll brighten it up. Can we can we bring on uh, mm-hmm. Mark Solomon, who is a yes. pioneer in the world of, of Christianity? I would say in the world of music in general. But uh, he he's one of the biggest influences, probably on us and music. I mean, I've Stave Saker was probably one of the first 
10 bands I ever heard outside of the radio. Like I didn't even know music existed outside of the radio. And Stave Saker was a band where I was like, oh, holy, holy. cow. There's yeah. music that's not on the radio that's amazing. So speaking of good music, Toby, why don't you tell us a little bit about Citizens? That's a you know tooth and nail band, Zach Boland's band, and they got some stuff going on. Then we'll be right back with Mark Solomon after that. Man, do I love Citizens, and you're getting to listen to right now. How majestic! It's a track off the Citizens' new EP called In Part. In Part is an EP featuring orchestral versions of five songs from the band's previous record, A Mirror Dimly. To make this even more special, the band has released a pressing of 500 vinyls featuring In Part on one side and the band's debut EP Already Not Yet on the other. And you can pick up any of this right now at gospelsong.merchnow.com. You can also see Citizens on tour with the Sing Team at the end of September. They'll be playing San Diego, Anaheim, LA, San Francisco, Portland, Vancouver, and Seattle and doing many of these orchestral versions live. So go get your tickets now. The Citizens, such a good band. And here he is, Mark Solomon. Thanks, buddy. Woohoo! You hear us, don't you? I do. Oh, and you sound good as usual. I always say Mark is, uh, and Toby says this too, <clears throat> but Mark is the, the best probably the best actual voice in podcasting the way you sound on a microphone talking i mean oh. you're okay at singing i guess but the speaking on a microphone damn it sounds good i know did you ever smoke or anything like this it smells like a smoky whiskey voice that i just want to like curl up and listen to on a rainy day like your voice is amazing mark expect a, a lot more encouraging mark, joey gets to here. talk for two or three minutes before oh, we ever let the guest talk go ahead joey <laughs> Yeah, I was just going to say, expect a lot more of these verbal hand jobs for sure, because we're just all in awe of you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, Stave Saker has a new record out, which I never thought, I didn't even think it would ever happen. I mean, there were some rumors. People have been talking about y'all doing a record like online. I saw it here and there probably for years, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was uh, the conversation would come up every once in a while, but it's not something that could easily materialize because of the way we're all separated and we're in a bunch of different spots. So yeah. I don't know. Somehow it sort of happened. How did it happen? Did you, did, were y'all just like, Hey, you know what? It would be fun. Did y'all all meet up to record this record? How'd you do it? I'm, I'm not positive when the actual uh, birth of the idea of making the record began, but I know we, I think it had something to do with our buddy, Mike Lewis, uh, crowdfunding. He was trying to do a, a crowdfund for a big show for all a bunch of bands that used to tour together. And uh, it kind of, it, it just ended up being super expensive as you know, as you guys know, that is not cheap, especially yeah. when you're bringing bands from all over the place. But, um, I think from there we kind of started, I don't know, conversations sort of began. Uh, I mean, we've had some of these songs, you know, uh, there's two or three songs on there. We've had for a solid three years, just dinking around with them and, trying different ideas you know how do you feel about mark that? i'm really curious with uh you know so many people have been on like a musical journey with you your first stave saker album was the 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 50th album on tooth and nail and people that's kept up with tooth and nail they know there's been thousands of albums i, I would imagine so what i'm curious of is putting out new music and uh, do you ever like how often do you get 
man, this is a that's a cool band. Like I've never heard of you guys. This music is so awesome because I would imagine mostly it's people saying, "I can't believe Dave Saker's got a new album out. This is awesome." Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, I would say most of the response response has been from people who who made the record possible. You know, they were already familiar with the band. We're we're not looking to to suddenly break. Uh, ourselves as uh, some new act on the scene, you know. Uh, as with anything, they start sharing it and letting other people hear it, and you know, maybe people who've never heard you before hear it. But uh, I would say most of the response has been from the very loyal and uh, patient <laughs> fan base that we've had, and then the ones who who have heard it. I mean, they're saying the right stuff. Uh, it's Sounds like a record that came out in the 90s because it's supposed to sound like a record that came out in the 90s. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, yeah, but that's the interesting thing about it is the recording is, I mean, let's see, recording, they, recordings change over time to what's good and what's bad. And when you go back and listen to some of the Stavesaker stuff, it sounds like that period, which is really good. But uh, And I like that. And modern recording sometimes I don't like, but it's very interesting to hear a band like Stavesaker get a, a new recording. Like to me, that's yeah. kind of one of the interesting things about it. Like how much of that is the recording of the time or what the band sounds like. So it's a really neat experiment to see a band be inactive for a period and come back and write songs that sound very familiar to, as a fan of that band and an updated recording. Although I don't think it's attempting to be ultra modern. It's it's no, a very yeah. cool raw recording, and it, it's, that's yeah. what I really enjoyed about hearing how it sounds. I mean, you know, we did. I did some vocal pre-production with Jason Martin just so I could get comfortable with the melodies. You know, he's really always been a good source of of no, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Mark, stop doing that. That that note is not working at all. You know what I mean? He doesn't have any problem telling you no. But then going in with Paul Fig and uh, doing the record. I mean, he knew. He knows the the era. He knows the style that we are shooting for. I mean, shoot, he's, I think he's working on a new Allison chains record right now. How much more apropos could mm -hmm. you be? But you know, it's, he's, uh, he gets it. He knows, he knows. I mean, obviously it's going to sound updated. You're, mm -hmm. you know, these guys get in the studios, man, they want to do their new thing and stuff. But we, you know, we tried to make it a, a look back on the way on that sound from that era you well, know, let's I listen think. to some of it in a little bit here. But yeah, I think that's sure. interesting. I tell you what, you mentioned Jason Martin. I saw him the other night, and I it, I was in a place where I feel like Toby and Joey should have been, and certainly you would have been very uh, comfortable in in that room. It was this is a, this is a so name jealous. this is a name droppy thing, but this is true. So I went to the <laughs> I went I was in a room the other night, and here's who's in the room in Seattle: uh, Jason Martin. Uh, Brandon Ebel, Aaron Sprinkle, Dave Bazan, Ben Gibbard, T.W. Walsh. Uh, yeah, there's more than that. It's just every late 30s, 40-year-old post-evangelical music scene kind of. It just it, it was at the Low Tom concert, the band that is oh, yeah, Dave yeah. Bazan's new Manning band. In, is Trey Manning in that band? Yeah, Trey Manning I, it was, is, the, was is. a drummer, and it was hilarious. Who? I mean, there was more than that. I mean, it's just every, just anything, everybody you could imagine in the Tractor Tavern in Ballard. It's just, you know. Mark, are you, are you like do you have like fondness in your heart is it almost like a, a a fraternity of brothers that were part of something special that never really got the exposure that it deserved like when you hear all those names are you like man those are my dogs sort of thing yeah yeah for sure i mean you know i was just talking about this uh christopher foley from the band luxury they they have a new 
documentary coming out about that band. And you know, here's yeah. a band from the '90s that went largely just unnoticed by the world outside, and they have this amazing story. You know, and we were talking about. I mean, there are a ton of bands. I think Quicksand has a new record coming out. It's like there's a lot of bands that came Christian, not Christian, whatever, from that kind of mid '90s, early aughts. That was uh, there was a whole a whole movement of music that just kind of it just wasn't in time with the rest of the world, you know. Yeah, you kind of talked about that on the labeled podcast too, which was cool. I, I loved hearing some of your stories about touring in the '90s, and even, I mean, you even toured in the '80s. Like, I mean, you've been around for a long time. I, I was good. Joey was talking about verbal hand jobs, but it, it is. I mean, I don't. You were an influence, even. I mean, to me, like, I mean, and we're not that much difference in age. I might even be older than you. I'm 41, and I. Did, I mean, uh, and so uh, it was crazy. In the 90s, all I'd ever heard was uh, radio music, R&B, or there was some radio rock, you know, like all I had. And so when I, but a lot of stuff, a lot of male singers were singing high and and soft and dainty. And I remember when I heard Stave Sacker, I was like, holy shit, this is a dude. This is a man that's really singing. And it made me feel good because I, I look I looked like a plumber. I looked like a dad at, at 21 years old. You know what I mean? Like I had a, I, I, and so to hear a, a man just singing powerfully, like that. I, now that all these years have passed, and, and I mean, I've got we've, we're going to even play a song here in a minute. But I, I, were you at all like I still got it? Like was there was there anything like well, I'm older now. Is my voice going to be just as manly? Because it sounds exactly like it did. I mean, it's amazing how well your voice is. You've been able to maintain your voice. Oh <laughs> uh, man, you know, I, honestly, if I'd have had to go straight into the studio to do the record, I don't think I. I don't think I could have got there. Me and Martin and I, uh, Steve Dale, you know, Sam and and Ryan came by a couple times while we were in there just pre-production. Production. I had to get comfortable singing again. I mean, really? I, it's got to be. You have to know. You know, if you if you yeah. if you've come off the road, let's say you did a tour, you're out there for a few months, and then you take a couple months break. If you have to play a show right away, your your voice isn't where it needs to be. It's yeah. it takes a second to get back there, and then. You know, uh, since Stavesacre tapped out s- seven years ago or something like that, we just, I wasn't, I hadn't sung at full volume. I mean, even for the few times we got to rehearse together, I was just yelling at the top of my lungs with no mic because I was just trying to get comfortable singing again. That's the way I had, I had always done it before, you know, yeah. it took a minute. Hey, my, my, my brother still tells the story. He's just like, man, I went to a Stavesacre concert one time. And the mics went out, and for a while they were trying to get them back on, and then all of a sudden Mark Solomon just busted in and just started yelling without the microphone. It was so awesome. So, just so awesome. Yeah. Well, what was of, I yelling? Yeah. <laughs> Probably being, uh, Speaking being of your brother, on. Jared, I remember when I first found out who Stave Saker was, I knew Jared. Jared was a Stave Saker fan and Joey, and Joey had hair at the time, but Jared was already in Mark Solomon clone mode. <laughs> He had already had it. He's already trying to look and dress like you. And I am I is that a stretch, Joey, or am I right about that? No, no, I'd say you're pretty pretty much right. In fact, <laughs> in fact, we we went to a Stavesaker uh, roadside monument concert in Myrtle Beach, and Jared was so tickled that Mark was wearing the same exact shirt. He had a button-down navy blue short sleeve shirt, and Jared in the crowd said, Hey man. Nice shirt. And, <laughs> and Mark looks down and he's like, what's so special about this shirt? I have no idea. <laughs> you know what? I guarantee that at that show, 
in Myrtle Beach, we probably stayed at the same motel we used to always stay at, the Creepy Myrtle. <laughs> it was terrifying. I'm pretty sure we found blood on the wall mm-hmm. at that place. I bet. Let me tell you, you the first time I heard Stave Saker, uh, heard about Stave Saker, I was in my friend Jeremy's basement. Uh, he had a pretty uptight Baptist family, and uh, they had this magazine. I don't know what it's called, but they had this magazine for christian parents to navigate the world and it just gave tips or something like that but it had all these listings of bands that you can listen to safely and it said uh it listen if you hear about the band and you like the band tool or or if you you know instead of listening to tool you can listen to stave saker <laughs> and that was that was the yeah. introduction to, it was like if you liked you know because we weren't supposed to listen to tool apparently but we could listen to you instead oh no and that that was the that was your comparison. It was probably ninety nine yeah. or something. Did, did, I don't know. did that help or hurt you, like guys? Like back back then, was Tooth and Nail wasn't it near as big or as influential, especially back in the nineties. It got bigger and bigger as it went on. But did that hurt you guys at all? Like being on a Christian label, not getting to play with secular bands or anything like that. Uh, I guess. But in all honesty, I mean, my band before the Crucified, we. We played with band with any band because there yeah. were no shows. You know, yeah. I think what hurt what hurt us and what hurt a lot of bands, unbeknownst to any of us, was that that there was even a scene like that. You know, later on you find out there's no reason to have this. We don't need this Christian scene. We should. Uh, yeah. Since when are we separated from the world in every capacity? You know, and then you go to the churches and there's like a Christian barbershop and a Christian coffee house. And you can almost get through life without interacting with anyone outside the faith. (laughs) Amazing. You know, I I think that was not good for us. But at the same time, it was good because there were kids. You can't be mad at them. They just wanted some music, you know, and and, uh, we got to play to people who were appreciative. So. And some of them, like me, we weren't uh, we weren't allowed to listen to secular stuff. So it was like a huge blessing for us. As for you sure. just didn't know you didn't know what it was going to end up being. It's kind of a careful what you wish for thing. We wanted to be able to play shows and go on tour and and uh, to be able to support ourselves. But then you find out that you know maybe it's not coming down the avenue that you that ultimately would be the best. But it's just it is what it is. You know, I mean, if you want to hear. A good take on on looking back at that. Billy Power always knows better than me. You know I mean? <laughs> this is no weeping. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say too, though, with your lyrics on this one. Just having listened through the through the record, it does seem like you're a little bit more introspective on. Uh, maybe you always were, but it, are the lyrics? Am I am I picking up like you are talking about God, but in a maybe a uh, a more seasoned way? Uh, I, I don't know how to say that. Uh, I mean, you know, there's little. I, I've always had wanted to sing about my faith because why wouldn't I? It's the right. it's the only reason why I have a reason. But you know, I also was always kind of bummed out on this. Just what I felt like was just like uh, opportunistic and token usage of the name of Jesus or and of faith. So I just tried to incorporate it into my art, you know, in the most comfortable way possible. And and you know. I, and by comfortable, I mean uh, what's what flows without a forced. I wasn't trying to force anything because I feel like as soon as you start doing that, it comes off very insincere. Mm-hmm. So, like on this record, you know, the Dead Rejoice is very much a song about sort of a second rebirth, really not a not a rebirth, but a second one. I mean, uh, you know, that's kind of the opening track of the record, and 
Uh, it was actually, uh, ironically, one of the last songs that I finished lyrically. But, you know, it's it it's definitely a look back. You know, Mr. Larkspur is is sort of a, a different perspective look back. You know, him. I mean, all the songs are definitely about, uh, you know, taking in everything that we've learned and, and trying to salvage anything from it. You know, I wasn't going to yeah. try to write about the next whatever. I, I, I think the best service for people my age and, you know, I mean, I'm going to be 50 in two years. It's, you know, 50. Whoa. Five, zero. Like that freaks me out. Um, but a lot of the people who listen to my band, they're, they're, they're around in that bin mm -hmm. too. They have kids of their own. I just wanted to try to sort of look back um, at everything we'd all done together. You know, I mean, there's mentions of everything from Dallas, Texas to Merrill, Wisconsin on that, on that, uh, on Dead Rejoice. And then every other song throughout the course of the record is either interlocked to the overall message or a reference uh, cross-referencing to uh, previous albums. Well, let's listen Mark, to some of that. How about that, Joey? And then, look, I'll tell yeah. you what, I'll play The Dead Rejoice that you just mentioned, and then let's let I've it roll. A it's a longer questions. song. Yeah, well, we can take some more questions, but let's uh, roll it for about a minute or so, and then I'll fade it down, leave it on, and we can talk over the rest of it. Okay? Cool. Sound good? Here we go. The Dead Rejoice, track two. And you people get this one when they order the yeah, when they pre-order you yeah. can pre-order the record today you can pre-order today iTunes. and you'll get this track immediately the dead rejoice That it's is so crazy how the Stavesaker sound yeah. takes me back to a place like in high school, college. It's so crazy. I know. Well, so I think it's I an thinking. unmistakable sound <laughs> to me. It sounds like it just it doesn't sound anywhere close to any other band. It's like you, I mean, the, there's there's no voice that is anything like Mark Solomon's voice. I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that doesn't mean a good thing either. It, you know, it could be like no, uh, <laughs> but it is. It's oh, a unique God. voice. It's a really good one. Now I'm hearing the lyrics on this too, and I know you gave that spiel about what the record's about, but I actually did some deep listening to it, and I feel like it's a concept record. And I don't want to out you, but I'm pretty sure it's obviously about Ivanka and Jared Kushner's relationship, clearly. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? 
I can't believe you gave that great secret away, man. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? It, it is definitely about, it's about, there are times when it's about specific individuals. Sometimes those are, uh, you know, I mean, Sideways was written about two, two people in particular in my life, but, uh, you know, it's also about a lot of people in our age. We, we, you live long enough, man. Mm-hmm. Things go sideways, dude. Well, do, do you feel? I, I'm making a joke, obviously there, but how? I mean, is the current state of the country and the stuff and politics and all that kind of stuff? Is that how is that as a 50 year old? Is do you feel like you're coming from a? I'm trying to think. I okay, I'm way out of line here. I'm let me get this thought clear. I'm saying that I look up to you as a 50 year old on a path. Like I see this older generation of the of the Billy Powers and the Mike Lewis and the you and the people mm-hmm. like that as people who are I, I, all I can figure is I'll be like y'all in another ten or twelve years. So I kind of do take cues from the people ahead of me that have done similar things to me. Anyway, if you're lucky, you'll look this good. If I'm lucky, I'll look that good, and sound that good, still be creating stuff. But how does all this political stuff and the tone of everything? affect or influence or strike you actually like you know with a few more years of wisdom than me that's my question well i mean look man the temptation especially with the current social media setup um it's i don't have any insight uh that's any greater than than anyone with eyeballs well i'm asking you are you more freaked out than me or are you calmer Uh, or more freaked out than i am but definitely given your perspective Okay. <laughs> I'm nowhere near calm. In fact, uh, I'm very unsettled, you know. Um, but at the same time, I just, I also know that this is all part of the plan. I, How much, I don't l- always love the plan, you know. I don't always dig the plan. Although I also, I'm not buying into this jive about, uh, you know, God raises the king. And all. First of all, I understand the meaning there. Um, and, and there's definitely God's purpose there, but he's not a king, so he's president, you know. Um, I don't know. My whole – it's not just the stuff with, with 45. It's the stuff with the people and the way people are, are interacting. I mean, on one uh, – and I'm not trying to say a, a, a on both sides thing or like that. I'm just saying I see a lot. But the, the healthiest take I could, I could have in this whole thing is instead of looking out – at all the people who I don't understand what they're doing, I, I try to look in and see what I'm doing wrong mm-hmm. first. And honestly, that's what the record is. It's, you know, those first three songs in particular are definitely introspective, but more with the with the attitude of, okay, the way things are right now is very unsettling. But what role have I played in it, and what can I do to help and to change things? You know. And I, I still maintain that no matter what your political viewpoint is or who you voted for or didn't vote for, if you are feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, tending to the sick, uh, caring for widows and orphans, this is pure religion. You're not going to be – you can't go wrong there, you know? And so – my goal with the record and the introspection of the record is to see where I could get myself to that type of mentality. Well, you've got a really good grip on it from my view. And again, I'm partial to 
you know, you're like I said, you just seem like farther down the road than, than I am if, yeah. on a similar path. So I respect it. But you said something to me long before the election, maybe two years before the election. You were talking about we were, I think we were staying at your house and, and you were, Fox News was on or something you're like that. And you're like, yep, you know, all these people my age and older, they they're addicted to this this energy of this they they're waking up to rage was the the phrase yeah. that you use you said they just these people wake up they turn on something and are looking for it to to make them enraged and that's what they're consuming and that's what they like and this was two years before the election so you you were right about that apparent obviously and it's now it's mean, on another level <laughs> dude go on twitter man if, if that's not waking up to rage i don't know what is you know that line is actually in in the song "Accelerating into Brake Lights." I mean, it's it's definitely something that was. Uh, I look at it this way, man. If if we have been shown so much grace, right? I mean, what do Christian people always love talking about? Grace, mm -hmm. right? That's the thing we're hanging on, right? If we've been shown so much grace, how does a person shown that much grace treat people outside who are in need of it as well? And that's just kind of where well, I'm pure at. Pure anger, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying any of this applies when I'm driving in traffic, mm -hmm. okay? Let's say there all bets are off. But Mark, I'm curious, do you ever have major doubts in your Christian faith? Because you're you're one of these guys that not only do we look up to musically, but you're I mean, we we have a lot of people that we love to death that used to be Christians, they're not anymore. Like what what's up with you? Why are you still someone that ascribes to the Christian? Yeah, faith? I guess you could say that same as I was saying. Like I, I could say early people that I was paying attention to and thought were Role models would be Dave Bazan and Mark Solomon, and Mark Solomon sounds more Christian than I do, and Dave Bazan's not a Christian, but you know, I'm, I get well. Look at me, right. my, I, by my influence, I'm obviously seem right in the middle of those two. <laughs> <laughs> but that seems very uh, encouraging to see a man go farther and not become more cynical and deconstruct into yeah. oblivion. So I'm, that's that's the point there. Well, I'm kind of riding a weird spot though. There's definitely some cynicism. I have my doubts all the time. You know, uh, I don't understand why why things go the way they do or, or, um, or, or why things are allowed to continue on the way they are. But I also, I just have to try to remember not only that I don't know everything, like I, I still don't know everything. Uh, there are some people who have no problem believing that, but I still, I don't know everything, you know, I don't know how everything's going to work out. So I, I can still say, I don't, I, I reserve judgment until I, until I see how it plays out. But at the same time, I have personal experiences that I'm not going to be talked out of. I, I would love mm -hmm. for someone to give me a reason to forget that my entire world was shit for a solid two years. I was homeless and living in a car and, and God scooped me up out of where I was living and dropped me into Huntington Beach surrounded by Christian brothers. And then I'm talking on the very last possible fumes of gas in my truck to get there. And six months later, the place where I had finally gotten an apartment was flattened in the Northridge earthquake. I can't, I can't look at all those things and say, wow, I was lucky, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and if that's luck, then what's good? Good is luck. It doesn't yeah. make, you know what I mean? There's, there's, uh, let's just keep on going with it. It's just, I, I, I believe what I believe. It gives me peace. And I believe that ultimately if I love my neighbor as myself, 
that will be the that will be the thing that turns the tide. It won't be an argument on Facebook. It won't be a song that I write or or anything that I do. It's just the constant. Uh, if I show love to the people around me, they will know that 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 is based out of something real, and that's the best I got, man. That's the best I got. Uh, you so said much something. Nicer than me. <laughs> you said something about uh, fifty freaking you out does does it bother you because i i mean I, honestly we say uh you know we look up to you and all that stuff too and i think equally we we see you we don't see you as super old it's almost like i hear also uh toby does yeah but like does does that make you sad like i just turned 40 and numbers don't really do it but when i when i think big picture and I have realization of just how old I am. I think maybe sometimes I, it does bum me out a little bit, but I'm not the kind that you know wants to crawl in a hole. But what about you? I think there's times when I when I I get I'm a nostalgic person by nature, man. I like to look back. I, I like to remember things. I try to keep um, good times and good people fresh in my mind. Um, I like to reminisce, you know. So. With that, eventually you're going to end up feeling a little melancholy when when you realize that certain times in your life are done. And I'm talking about even things that only happened five, six years ago. You know, I do get a little sad just knowing that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities that I just blew off or 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 missed out of my own silliness, and I could, but but I also can't focus on that. You know, they can't go back, but. Um, sometimes getting older, it, it trips me out just because I know that, that, that thing you were going to do is you're not going to do that. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. uh, that, uh, and, and, and some, th- some things are more personal than others, you know? Um, have you had any midlife crisis stuff? Like, have you bought a red Corvette or anything? My dad, <laughs> my dad did. <laughs> uh, no, no Corvette. I, I did. I did. Something really, probably really super stupid. And if <laughs> I die, if I die, I'm just know this is probably how. You get a motorcycle? <laughs> no, I wish that would be way more safe. Oh uh, goodness. <laughs> me and the guys on the on the NASCAR crew, uh, there's two of two other guys and myself, and and it sounds like a couple more are, are soon to follow. We picked up uh, the one wheel by future motion do you know what that is um, it's essentially a, it's a skateboard okay that the mechanics of it are are, are the body mechanics are m- more similar to snowboarding but it's got uh, a very powerful battery and a very powerful engine in one wheel mm-hmm. in the center of the board oh yeah so you're basically you're like imagine a segway brain in a skateboard and and all it's controlling is one big go-kart wheel in the middle and your feet are on both sides of that wheel mm -hmm. and uh, you know the the mechanics are different from skateboarding but only slightly um and it's terrifying and it goes like 20 miles an hour Uh, i don't know if you've ever been on a skateboard doing 20 miles an hour it's really fast um and uh i've already i i ate shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so bad <laughs> the second day i was riding it i had a board malfunction i've since had it repaired and sent back it's a pretty common thing in the earlier model of what i have um and i at the little app on your phone which was my you know i wasn't even looking at the app when this happened but i i opened it afterwards just to see what it 
what the report was. And it said, uh, no rider detected at 15.9 miles an hour. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was awesome uh, that I didn't snap my leg in half because I hyperextended my right knee oh. uh, really, really heavily. But I'm, I'm fine now. I'm rolling around. I, I, I've put on another 40 miles since then. Uh, it's a blast. But, again, it will probably be – the way I go out. So, so did anybody get to see 48-year-old lead singer Stave Saker fly through the air? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my buddy Trevor was in front of me, uh, and he just looked back. He he didn't see me try to walk it out, which was my first mistake. You <laughs> don't walk out 16 miles an I know hour. The, yeah. I know the skateboard walkout. Yeah, like, you yeah. think you could make it? <laughs> I got it. I go, oh, my God, <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. So I ended up. I finally just gave it up two, three steps in and I felt that bow. And, uh, so I just tuck and rolled. And I mean, my, I, I, I look like a dude from uh, game of Thrones or something. I mean, I have every, I'm contemplating getting shin guards, um, <laughs> but I, I have wrist protection, elbows, helmet, knee pads. And, uh, I rolled it. And I mean, I shredded, the little the, the little plastic protection on the wrist, yeah. I shredded a, the entire corner off of it. So that would have been probably that down. That would have been your body. body. Yeah. <laughs> God. Can you do tricks and stuff on it? Hell no. I ain't trying to do tricks. I'm not even trying to do anything crazy. I'll probably never go that fast again. I'm mostly – I mean, at one point we were up at Eastern Tennessee State um, after we got off work from the Bristol race. And, um, you know, the cops there are like – super nice they didn't say anything usually it's shut down immediate um and we came riding through eastern tennessee state and we found a soccer field that was like perfectly maintained and these things you know they go off road and it was like it was like gliding across the grass man that's it was nice. awesome that's nice you mentioned nascar a couple times and i know but let's let everybody know what is it you do for nascar <laughs> uh i'm a you I'm a utility, which means you know probably nothing to the average listener. But I, I unload the trucks, I connect the trucks with with the rest of the crew, and then each of us has our own kind of little tasks. For vi- uh, but but you're not working on the cars. You, when you say crew, no, you mean video no, production I work for NBC mm-hmm. for yeah for uh, NBC Sports, um, and then I also work for Fox. I'm on the TV production side, um, and then you know they hate us though. The drivers all. They kind of hate us, but uh, are you trying to work your way up to a commentator? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that they would have me for that. <laughs> but do you do start to follow and enjoy the sport? Is my question though, about I'm it. I'm trying to. Yeah. Tr- you know why do it if I'm not going to try to enjoy it? Yeah. But you know it's funny, man. They they especially when the Raiders are never winning games. Go ahead. I can get to where you're at super easy. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Are you a Charlotte? Are you a Carolina Panthers fan? All what three of us are Packer fans, man. Yeah, we're Packer fans. Oh, that's right. Of you course remember, you are. You remember when Brett Favre's dad died and they played? <laughs> Oakland, Oakland, <laughs> all right. And it was the most unbelievable game in the history of NFL. Remember Super Bowl two? <laughs> I don't, but I know who won. <laughs> I don't remember it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, Joey. Offsides. Um, I mean. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. I try to I try to pay attention. I try to watch what's going on. I try to have a good time. But I got to say, man, it's funny when uh, that world, like, bumps into this one right mm-hmm. here because they don't even know this part exists, you know? 
Yeah. And a couple times I've had people who have absolutely no no idea about bands or any kind of stuff. They'll uh, if you're hearing groaning, it's because the dogs are up. I guess they decided they're done napping. Um, uh, they see like what's all this stuff about a new record and uh, you know they'll see pictures on stage or whatever and and, and it's completely not. I mean, I am as low on the totem pole as you can get without actually. I'm kind of just holding the totem pole. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so they don't realize that there's two completely different worlds that are rubbing against, against each other. It's kind of funny. I think it's, it's like a weird balance. How about the NASCAR crowd, like the fans and stuff like that? I know what their stereotype is, but I grew up in the NASCAR South and even sure. followed the sport, you know, as a kid and stuff. But, uh, do you, from your perspective, spending time and being around those people, as a lot of people are unfamiliar with them, do you find them better than or worse or accurate as the stereotype? Uh, I'm never down for the stereotype. I mean, mm -hmm. we joke around and stuff, but the, the fact is everybody's their own person. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of really uh, – I got to say, man, this is not like – it doesn't matter. No one will know, but – there are people out there who I will never see eye to eye with, right? Mm -hmm. But there are some genuinely sweet, kind individuals. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's as far as like a family atmosphere goes, it's pretty great, dude. And, uh, and I know they've been trying to, 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 uh, I don't think they want to overtly, you know, do anything that seems offsides, but they're definitely trying to show that it's for a lot of people, you know? I mean, uh, for all sorts of demographics. Yes, there are more rebel flags at a NASCAR race than I'll ever see in any other mm -hmm. situation. But there are also way more uh, families, like literally just little kids riding around on their bicycles and stuff, free of any kind of concern, any worries, and, and, and diverse crowds at that, you know? I think what happens is you get in this big old those those arenas or those those speedways are huge, huge right? Yeah. And like hundred thousand plus at the big races. Oh yeah, yeah. you know at Daytona they could fit. I think they said they could fit seventeen football stadiums inside the track at Daytona. Wow. Uh, but if you if you think of it this way, it's like it's an enclosed area, right? Mm -hmm. So p people kind of they they kind of lighten up and they they relax a little bit. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, one person is next is camping next to a person they probably would never live anywhere near. But by the end of the race, then people are all buddies, you know. Mm -hmm. for, for the most part, I see a lot of kindness uh, and 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 community, you know. And I mean it. I mean, with as many armed forces are represented there, that's every diverse race and class that you can imagine, you know. And and it's it's pretty full, so. I think it's a cool spot. I think it's a cool thing, and it can be a lot of fun. It can also be, you know, boiling lava hot. <laughs> hey, before we let you go and and uh, tell people where to pre-order, if we haven't already done that, um, appease me and all the other old-school tooth-and-nail ballers here. Do you have one or two tooth-and-nail albums in your head, or or just older Christian albums, late 90s, that you're just like, yeah, two two of the best albums ever, like some that stand out? Yeah. Uh, I would say, first of all, you can get that record just in case. You can get the pre-order for the album at stageacre.com. 
I'm sure there are links at, on our Facebook page it's as well. It's telling everybody to go to iTunes. That's what you're doing right now is yeah, iTunes pre-order and you get that song the, immediately. The Google Play, I think, is is uh, available now as well for Android users. So there are options. Um, but as far as like classic albums, you know, I just – it will come out someday. <laughs> I've been busy. But uh, I did an MXPX uh, interview with the guys for the Never Was podcast. We did all three members of the band. And dude, going back and listening to those records, like there are some freaking great songs on there, you know? Yeah. Like you don't you don't give them credit. That band gets written off as being, you know, skateboards and all that. That was a long time ago, man. There are like slowly going the way of the Buffalo has some of the most uh melancholy talk about nostalgia or whatever i listen to that thing dude i get a little choked up man yeah. i mean really you know uh just this last week i was in um in uh morgantown georgia for a thing called the man treat and uh the goaty hook guys were there um <laughs> and i mean I love that band so much. Anytime I hear those songs from either of those two bands, it takes me back to the very early part of this band's tour. You know, there are a hundred bands that I loved. I, I really loved Polar and Roadside and um, all these bands that we tour with. There, there was a, a lot of great camaraderie and, and uh, fellowship there. Um, but there's definitely a special place in my heart for those early MXPX uh, and Goaty Hook records just because... I love them dudes, you know? That's a good answer. <laughs> That's cool. It's killer, man. Well, Mark, yeah. we're going to let you go. We want everybody to pre-order this album, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. But thank you very thank much. Thank you for Fellas. coming on the show it. and spending some time with us, as, as Fellas, always. Yeah. Thank you very much. Take care. See you, man. Let's see. Remove from group. Got it. All right. All right. Well, that is that was good. Mark Solomon, everybody. I'll put the clapping on for him. See, he's awesome. Okay. So Mark gave me hey, you a know little what's really bit crazy. Of a, Go ahead. A, a lot of people don't even know it, but like we we stayed at Mark's house, mm-hmm. and uh, it it is crazy for me. Like somebody that was and is influential in my life was cool when we met him. Like you know, like there's some <laughs> there's some been people that I was, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would like, I don't know what they'll be like. And as far as like a Christian that could be that open minded and still you know who he is, and like he really is who he is, mm-hmm. and so it's always it's. It's still surprising to me, like we're hanging out and talking. Like when you were t- saying that you were in Seattle with all those people, I was like, "That's just crazy." That's Matt Carter, mm-hmm. who uh, grew up in Blue Ridge, South it's Carolina, so that I know, and you're sitting there with all these people that, like, we know them, but we don't. Yeah, you know, well, that, that, you know, I know people say that about us sometimes, but yeah. like that's the same thing with us. We don't, you don't know those people. You know, that's what's the weird thing now. about the the what you know. I I can't help but think, like, if you talk about meeting people or achieving dreams and just that kind of crap. I mean, you just think, who would you want to hang around with? You think, well, it'd be cool if I could like hang out and you would list these super high level people, but Michael Jordan or Larry David would be so cool to like, that doesn't say, I don't have anything in common with those guys really. You know what I mean? But the people, it's crazy to me to think that when I started and got into music and entertainment and stuff like that, all the people that I looked up to there, I, I am friends with them now. Like people a generation yeah. ahead of me. I mean, that's like, I mean, I don't think of it as name dropping or bragging, but all those people I named, I see them. They, I, I know them. Like, yeah, I, it's, I remember. It's just crazy. And and those, Dave Bazan would be the highest. When I moved to Seattle, I'd be like, well, that'd be the best person that I would, yeah. he's the actual person that I cared about more than uh, some Hollywood star. And then he's somebody actually 
no, can text. Saw him outside the show. I mean, you know, all those people. Are, I went. I drove there with Aaron Sprinkle. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. I remember I mean, when I just Toby, got a sorry. I just got a text from Mark Solomon. Love you all and can't thank you enough. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Solomon just texted me when I first heard him. I didn't know what a cell phone was, <laughs> and now he's the guy that I was listening to on a CD, yeah. like Speak Easy and, and Absolutes and stuff. Like I, he just texted me and was very kind. That's just amazing. Well, it's, sorry, it's got to be so weird for Mark to to hear, especially you guys talk that way because. Emory is way bigger than anything he's ever done, and I, that's yeah. But it, I mean, there's almost a lot of shit, younger bands a, than us that are a decade younger and way bigger than Emory. That I don't. I mean, I don't care about them. That's true. I don't want to hang that's out true. with them. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, I remember. I remember when Toby, when we did our first interview with Dave Bazan, he was in Charleston. We had Matt on FaceTime, uh, so he could like look at how we had the sound, and he was, you know, help. Matt was helping us out, and. I, I looked at Matt on my phone and you were just grinning from ear to ear. And I was like, what are you smiling about? He's just like, I just can't believe y'all are just walking around with Davis on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, uh, goodness. We got, we got any time for some news? Yeah, let's do it. All right, kick it. In a world where you can get a new Stavesecker record. You can get uh, Emery's working on a new record. All these bands that you've always loved, you can get their records. And even a Christian song that Toby wrote. <laughs> this is the <laughs> damn news. Now, I do want to say something. I, I, I don't know if you will, Joey, but I'm, I'm hoping you and Mark Solomon will uh, denounce y'all's hairstyles. And that's what my news is about today. It comes from roving reporter Devin Shelton. Mm -hmm. Can you believe well, it? Well, Devin well. Shelton, he just sent me this. Macklemore, y'all know Macklemore the rapper? Mm -hmm. This comes yep. from Yahoo.com. Yahoo uh, Macklemore denounces his former racist haircut. Macklemore has, <laughs> has officially denounced his former Nazi-style haircut. In a Tuesday tweet, the rapper responded to a fan who wrote, Macklemore... Uh, Macklemore's hair seems to be the chosen haircut of the racists now. Uh, I call on Macklemore to get online and denounce his own haircut, to which Macklemore said got rid of it over a year ago. So I don't know if he's necessarily denouncing it, but the haircut in question is shaved on the sides and floppy mm -hmm. and voluminous, voluminous uh, on the top. It has been sported by celebs such as David Beckham and Brad Pitt and Nazi youth in the 1930s and 40s and modern-day supremacists. The haircut has become so associated with the white nationalist movement that the Washington Post recently ran a story called, Does This Haircut Cut Make Me Look Like a Nazi? Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, I, I'm just saying Joey's head looks like a skint head. Yep. And Mark saw, I mean, for that matter, my, Michael Jordan. Skinhead, yeah. No. Charles Charles Barkley. I mean, I I'm calling for people who are bald to denounce their haircut and wear wigs. Yeah, you got to. That's a, Joey. You what know. do you what do you say about that? I mean, you your hair. Look is at me, neo Nazi look at, man. Look at Knock how smiley I am. You can't you, are, you can't I mean, look at me and mistake of, of course me for a Nazi. Of course, you are. Your hair is a offensive. Smiley. You're smiley because your people are now taking over the country. You and all the Nazis. Come on, come on. Of course, you're all I mean, smiles. Joey, you planned your hair this way, right? Like, you're—I mean, your dad's bald, your brother's bald. Mm -hmm. I mean, your whole family are Nazis. They can I grow mean, full heads of hair. Do not kid for a second. They, they yeah, have—they yeah, I mean, can have beautiful hair. It's a—it's an ideology thing. Their hair, their hair isn't—they're not. I have—I have black friends. 
All right, that's well, the damn you know, news. That, know that's, a, that's a horrible, stupid thing that you can do that about the haircut because it's the same as I always say about language. You just take something that's arbitrary and then you charge it all up, and then it does it is does eventually have meaning. It's like when words get taken off the market right. that you can't use anymore. Of course, we already know there's one uh, follicle-related thing that's already off the market, and that's the Hitler stash. But now we're moving oh, into yeah. hair, right. haircuts basically but in the the most absurd way to look at it is um macklemore's point would be really good if when he had that hair he was actively oppressing black people and when he shaved it he stopped if that was part of the story then maybe it would make a little bit right. of sense but obviously there was it was nothing to do with anything like that and now all it does is marginalize other people's freaking hairstyles that i mean now you have to if, if that if that movement gets enough credibility or just pop culture you're going to start sending people in fear that can't have a haircut now, and and then it will only leave people that do have that haircut will will be a sign that you are associated with them because you what you're doing there is clearing out the middle, and that's not good. That's how we get into all this trouble. We say, oh, people that listen to uh, that this band or this way, people that go to NASCAR are all racist because I saw eight Confederate flags. You start doing that, and then it, may, it means other people go, well, I better not be associated with NASCAR. Now, I mean, you better not be associated. This thing where you can't be associated with other things that are incidental is destructive i think that's a destructive way to go about language style all that stuff it's obviously it's obviously over overreach it's it's almost infuriating to me like everything so so our entire life now is dictated on if somebody does something bad you can't have the same hair right well it's like this macklemore looks good for that there's nothing due to me it might look good on me i mean how many uh the uh i call them the Dahmers. how many people have Dahmer haircuts jeffrey Dahmer haircuts you sick sons of bitches exactly Exactly. So, so the problem here is Macklemore gets points. He gets to look good. He gr- gains ground as the good guy. The guy sitting right next to him that has the same haircut is like, now all of a sudden it's an implicit dig at him. It's like, like I'm against racism. Who's right. this guy? But here was his fucking haircut. Oh my gosh! And that guy immediately is—he's not a powerful. He's a regular guy that just simply has a high and tight haircut or whatever you call it. And now that guy has to go. Wait a second. Am I in trouble? Do I need to change something? Well, I want to get along good with everybody. And you just—that's not a mode of living that anybody ought to be in. I mean, I totally but unfortunately, agree. that's wait. what everybody does. You get in these conversations. You go, wait—is it okay to say Asian? Wait a second. Yeah. That's no way to live. You can't create this. That is terrible. It's a joke. It's a joke. You know what? One of the reasons why it's funny how that happens. One of the reasons why I shaved my, I had a giant beard was because it was just too many Duck Dynasty jokes. <laughs> like, I, you know, I mean, seriously, I'm not even joking. Like, I'd be out at the store or whatever, and people go, "Oh, you watch that show, huh?" Or I was like, "No, I don't, what are you talking yeah. about?" Like, it's funny. Like, what do y'all think? I was just thinking about it. Like, the most iconic hair in the world, probably like Duck Dynasty's beards, Mr. T's hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all said Hitler's mustache. I mean, there are, I guess, some iconic hair. Mm-hmm. Out there, but that that literally has no influence of on you. Not. Now, if you do that hair specifically for right. racism, like if you shave your head to be a skinhead, okay. But I mean, like it 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 just is crazy that you have to even worry about you have to think and worry about all this stuff now because somebody said that they implied that it could be bad. It's just <laughs> it's, it's just absurd. To me. It's just childish stuff. And you know, it reminds it, me of it's ta- this isn't the exact same thing, but it feels to me when somebody does a virtue signaling thing like that. It's the same way I feel about a little tattletale kid. Like, get oh, out of here, you twerp. That's what I feel like when people do, when they do something like that. That's what it feels, I mean, that's not, it's not, it's not the exact same thing, but it's the same type of immature character. Like, come on. 
Come on. 100%. I now, totally I can, agree. I, I can understand this. When my brother and I, we took German one together. He was a junior. I was a freshman. And our teacher assigned us all to uh, act out a commercial in German. And so we acted out a pizza restaurant and we named it Adolf's Pizza. And when we were done, she was just like, nobody in Germany names their businesses after Adolf Hitler. And she was actually a little offended. So I can see where she's coming from there. But the hair, nah. Mm-hmm. It's funny that your first business you ever created would involve racism. And yeah, and you... Like, I mean, I mean that, that was your first go-to. Hey, what could I name a... <laughs> Your first business involved pizza and racism. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> nothing's changed in 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Teresa M. Egger, Stephen Andrew, Whitten, Joshua Joseph, Na- Navinger, Caleb Fronts. That's F-R-A-N-T-Z. Nathan Page, Nelson Sanchez, Naaman Mowery or Mowery, uh, Dan Mike Thompson, Tina Rosano, and Matthew Innes. Thank you for joining the BC Club. These guys went to thebcclub.com. You can go there right now and kind of check out the Bad Christian team, uh, the folks that all contribute to putting all this stuff together from the record label to books to this podcast. There's also a link for you to do your Amazon shopping through. That helps us a little bit. And there is a way to join the BC Club. There's different levels of joining. You get different stuff at the different levels. One of the biggest perks, though, is you get an invitation to our Facebook page, which is a very active, engaging community of people that, you know, sometimes argue, but most of the time they're there for each other. They vent. They no, it's mostly stuff. arguing. <laughs> it's filled with hate. Hey, just so y'all know. <laughs> Forever Rain by Toby Morell is number 39 on the charts right now. Wow, just yes. while we've been podcasting live. Yes. And, and, and there's a shooter in, uh, in Oh, do you want to Well, we can end with that, but do you, wanna, do you have an update on that? Would you like to do it? Uh, mm-hmm. No, I was, trying, I was trying not to be distracted. But, right, so but, but then you did just bring it back up, so now we're here again. So might as well, might as well round it out here. Okay, if you're trying see. not to be distracting, you wouldn't have brought it up as we close. But yeah, it was kind of a joke. You okay. stupid! <laughs> oh Lord! Gosh. Please have a happy ending. I mean, it's just horrific. I mean, what? It, it well, it's happy it's a it it's a dis did. it's a disgruntled nobody, restaurant employee. It's not terrorism. It's not a hate crime. It's a guy that got pissed off. I think maybe about losing his job at the mm-hmm. restaurant, so he goes in there, and it uh, the headlines currently is gunman takes hostages. So he's still active then. I think so. I think so. Good Lord. Genuinely, our thoughts and prayers will be with those people in Charleston, which does not need any more you know, right. gun violence, we should no, say. Do, or neither kind. does the rest of the world yeah. or America. Right. So, for that matter. All right. Well, I don't need, I mean, there's nothing. I can just, I mean, baby death. Baby death. <laughs> See y'all. <laughs> We're gonna go dark. Let's if we just if we're taking it down. to the pits of hell. Just take it, baby death. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of people in hell right now. There are people burning in hell right now. Let's go dark. We let's get real bad. Yeah. There are people right now that you know that you, you wouldn't know. be here without them, and they are burning. Emory is headed back out on tour this September from the 13th through the 18th. 
San Antonio at the Corova, Dallas at the Door, Houston at White Oak Music Hall, New Orleans at the Willow, Little Rock at Rev Room, and Memphis at High Tone. Tickets are only $10 or $30 for the VIP, which includes a meet-and-greet time and a short acoustic performance before the show. Get your tickets now at emerymusic.com. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.